Welcome to the Trainer Life Podcast. My name is Danielle Harrison, and I am a certified personal trainer and corrective exercise specialist. And I've been in the fitness industry in New York City for over 10 years. I've learned a lot and met some amazing people along the way. So if you were always curious about the ins and outs of the industry from a woman's perspective, then this podcast is for you. Let's get into this week's episode. And welcome back to another episode of the Trainer Life Podcast. My name is Danielle. I am your host. Thank you so much for joining me today. So you know the deal. Let's get admin out of the way first. If you have comments, questions, uh, topics, guests you would like me to have on, please never hesitate to let me know. And yeah, I will reach out to whoever I can, uh, go in on some topics that maybe you all are questioning, anything like that on Instagram at the trainer life podcast. And if you're going to email me at, uh, it's the trainer life at gmail.com. All right, let's just jump into today's topic. So I've touched on this here and there to kind of make points, but today we're kind of going to center around this topic. And I probably am going to name this episode. It's going to be contextual. Now, I had this conversation when I was taking a course a while back, maybe about two months, three months back. And what I mean by it's contextual is that we like to, especially in the fitness industry, and I'm just going to say it out loud, we like to dumb things down. We like to make things super easy. We like to dumb things down, um, kind of give definitive rules straight across the board and, you know, say, well, that's that, you know, um, keep it pushing. Where a lot of things sometimes are based on the mode of exercise that you are doing. And that has to be taken into account, especially in form and movement. Now, there are some things that are definitive in exercise, but depending on the mode, and what I mean by mode is, are you strength training? Are you Olympic lifting? Are you doing Pilates? Are you doing pure bar? Are you strength training? So that's what I mean by mode, if anybody doesn't know what I mean by mode of training. So let's give an example. Um, I've worked in gyms throughout pretty much my entire adult life. And I've worked in boutique gyms where we've only taught like one singular type of mode of training. And I've worked in big, big box gyms where they're like, you know, 24 hour fitnesses and things like that, where they are multiple type of formats being taught from like spin to Les Mills to boxing. And, um, what, what was the huge one back in the day I worked at, uh, 24 hour fitness, maybe, hasn't been 10 years, but maybe close to seven years, six years ago. And oh, body pump. That was a huge one. Um, Then I don't even know if they still do that one there now. But those are modes of training. So everything is exercise, but the mode of exercise is completely different. And why I want to say that is because I have taught classes where sometimes people try and bring the form of an exercise into a different type of class. Meaning, for example, when I teach, I was teaching, this was a, a while back, but I was, this was at a big box gym I was teaching at, and there were hip thrusts that we were doing in this class. It was strength training class, um, like group fitness, probably 30 people, light, you know, moderate dumbbells and stuff, but doing hip thrusts. Well, there were a few people who were doing the hip thrust, but they were, um, toes were down, heels were up, which again, is this a bad thing? No, but 
these uh, few people that were doing it that way is because they had been doing Pilates. So when I came over to them and said, oh, you need to bring your heels down to the floor just to, you know, protect your knees and everything. They were like, well, this is how we do, this is how we were taught to do it. I was like, in my mind, I'm like, who on God's green earth taught you to do a hip thrust like this? And I said, okay. So in my mind, I'm like, well, what class were you taking? And they said Pilates. So it was more of like a bar move where you have that very small isometric movement, really three to five pound weights. So yes, or maybe like a ball, um, one of those small yoga balls in between your knees. So in that context, then yes, toes are up, heel, I'm sorry, toes are down, heels are up, small isometric movements in that type of bar. If you, I live in New York City, so we have pure bar, we have bar 57 and things. So if you've ever taken a course like that, a class, then you will know sometimes you'll do those small isometric movements, toes down, heels up with the ball in between your knees. And that mode of training, 100% works. It is safe for you to do. It is part of that programming. However, you can't now you, you can do a thrust in a strength training class. However, because when you're in a strength training class, you're building up weight and you're going to have a bar or dumbbells or anything to that nature, then you are going to want to keep your heels down for safety. Same thing. This, this is a huge one. And this is the one that when I was taking a course a while back, the instructor um, and I broke down when he asked a question stating, is a kipping pull-up a improper way to do a pull-up? That was the question he posed to everyone taking this course. So everybody kind of looked confused and he goes, okay, I'm going to say it again. Is a kipping pull-up in improper way or, or in, in the fitness world, we call it a cheating pull-up. So if you don't know what a kipping pull-up is, you'll probably see it a lot in CrossFit and it's where someone, I call it uh, almost hiccups their chest up to the bar. So again, let's talk about modes of training. So I look at him, nobody answers and I go, it depends. And he goes, okay. He goes, keep going. Like, why does it depend? And I said, because a kipping pull-up is a precursor to a muscle-up. So the kipping pull-up is setting a person up to be able to take on a muscle-up, whereas a strict pull-up in, say, strength, a strength training, someone who, you know, straight-up strength trains, then that's different because the modes of training are different. The goal is to get your body weight, you know, either your chin above or chest to the bar, you know, elbows down by sides, depending on what grip you have on your hands. And he said, exactly. He says it depends on the mode of training. Everybody loves to say that a kipping pull-up is a, uh, you know, in the fitness world, if you have, you know, the, the kind of crossfitters and then you have like the strength people, you know, they go, well, that's a cheater pull-up. It's not a cheater pull-up because the goal of a kipping pull-up is, is that it's a precursor to a muscle-up. But if you're trying to kipping pull-up as a strength person, as a strength athlete, then yes, it would be considered a cheat because you're using momentum and not building your strength. I think that, I think I explained that well. If I didn't put in like strict pull-up and then put in a kipping pull-up and you'll see like YouTube, the YouTube videos will be like 20 seconds long and you will be kind of be able to see what I'm talking about in terms of differentiating modes, depending on what you're doing. 
Another example of that would be, and again, I'm going to use um, like bar as an example because I used to take and teach some bar classes like years ago, but even like these little small isometric tricep movements that if you've ever again taken a mode of exercise like bar, the range of motion is a little smaller, it's a little bit more isometric, and the volume of reps is very high. Whereas if you're in more of a strength tra- a strength training class, a conditioning class, things to that nature, then the extension and range of motion and control is going to be a little bit bigger. And your degree, your uh, angle of degree will be a little bit bigger there. Degree of angle, angle of degree. Don't quote me on which one. <laughs> Another uh, example of this is the sissy squat. So you hear don't put your knees over your toes. Don't put your knees over your toes. No, that that is, you know, screamed throughout fitness. And now we know that that's not necessarily accurate. Uh, It was just, again, a generalization to tell people for them to keep their heels on the floor. But at the same time, if someone has a a long femur and they're doing a walking lunge or even a squat, you have someone who's six feet tall, I mean, like six, five or close to seven feet, their knees are going to track over their toes. And that's absolutely okay. It all depends on the biomechanics of the length of their femurs, their legs, their hips, but there's so many components that go into that. But so with that being said, you know, we say no knees over toes, but then yet a sissy squat the goal is to bring your knees over your toes, get those knees to tap, look, almost tap the floor and then come all the way up. So you see how sometimes things, they don't contradict one another, but it is based off of what you're doing. What is the goal? What is what, what training style in that moment are you doing? And I'm using very general terms here, you know, especially if you work out at a, a box gym where there's spin and then there's strength and there's yoga and Pilates. So that's which one are you doing? Because the form that you utilize will be dependent on which place you are in at that time. So sometimes the rules we are taught, like I said, they contradict one another. And that is important for us to know as coaches is how to explain that to people. Because when those uh, people that I was teaching that class to explain to me, I was like, well, why do you think your toes should be down? They were like, oh, well, that's the way we do it in bar. I said, okay, great. Let me explain to you why that's not the best idea to do in a class like this, where you have dumbbells, barbells, you know, kettlebells and things of that nature that could possibly be on your hips. When I broke it down to them about, you know, safety, their knee health and all those good things, they, they got it and understood it. So I said in here, heels down, over there, heels up, toes down, or whatever that instructor is telling you. So when we have this knowledge and understanding of what we're doing, what arena we're in during our fitness, then you can better understand what you should be doing, whether it be, you know, knees going over toes are okay in one place, but maybe not in another everything is contextual. And I notice a lot in fitness that we just try and blanket statements of everything. We just blanket statement uh, everything from, you know, what type of exercise everybody should be doing, what type of uh, diet or nutrition plan that everybody should be on. You know, everybody needs to do this type of workout. Everybody needs to train, you know, legs three days a week. So it is very important to understand one, that everybody is an individual, two, when we're working out, things have a tendency or will always be contextual depending on what type of training you are doing in that on that day or in your programming or for whatever reason. 
So that's kind of what I just wanted to touch on today. Uh, just because I've been seeing that a little bit more is that people will bring different modalities and things into other places. And it's like, well, we as coaches, let's break down to you why we do this way here and you will do that way over there. And I think the biggest one for that is the pull-up versus the kipping pull-up. Also, you know, sissy squats, where again, if you don't know what a sissy squat is, it's for quad help. Go ahead and look that up. But you will see how you are literally making your knees go over your toes. But yet, you know, you probably have heard to the high heavens, do not let your knees go over your toes. So that's what I just wanted to touch on today is that when you are training and you're working out, and maybe a coach tells you, hey, that's not the way we do that here, or this is not the way we do that. Don't, you know, place your heels down or bring your, your arms back. Remember, it might just be based on what you are specifically doing, what type of class you're taking. And always never be afraid to ask questions, never be afraid to want to understand what is going on so you can better learn and build your confidence in working out with a coach, maybe trying a new class and or, you know, making sure you're working out yourself as well. I always say the most important thing when I either have a client train a coach a class is that I want you to leave feeling 1% better than the way you walked in or have just a little bit more knowledge about fitness, about a movement about you're educated about something maybe you didn't know prior. So that is always what it's about when you are taking class, when a coach is coaching class, it is an educational experience, but also we just want to feel good at the same time. All right. So that is today's episode. If you have comments, questions, concerns, feedback, you know the deal, slide into those DMs. I hope you all have an amazing day on whatever day you are listening to this. Look at me being consistent, getting these podcast episodes out and yeah, I'm excited. We're going strong. We are going strong here. All right. Have an amazing day, everybody. I look forward to for you all listening next week. And yeah, that's it. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of The Trainer Life. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And I will see you all next week. Have a great day, everybody.